You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. I love that that last song that we just sung. If you if you could encapsulate in a song what we are as a church, we want to be a church that loves Jesus and learns to love Ma- Manchester. And um, the words were, "Show me who you are, fill me with your spirit, and then send me in your love to the people around me." If, if you could just put it in a phrase, that'd be us. Uh, if you're new this morning, I thought I'd, I'd just share that. We're delighted. You're with us. I started a new series last week. I just want to really briefly give you a recap on that in case you missed it. Firstly, something I shared was um, come 15 minutes early and leave 15 minutes later than you planned. Do it for this term. I believe it will change your relationships. We're supposed to be a family and a community, and the the best way to do that is to relate and interact with those around us. And I think if, if you come early, you'll get more from relationships, you'll get more from your time in worship, and if you stay later, you'll obviously hopefully the same. Um, the second thing that I mentioned was I've started this new series called Kingdom First, and I'm kind of basing it around Matthew 6, 33. It says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Much of this series I'm going to anchor in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, the church was being birthed, the spirit was being poured out, there was boldness, there was courage, there was incredible freedom. And as This church that you're in today, we're a fairly new church, we're a recent church plant, we're in the earliest days of that. Don't we long to have that freedom in the spirit among us? And um, today within that series of putting the kingdom first, I want to look at it being our hands, but it's his healing. And uh, before I I launch um, into that, can I just talk briefly about healing generally, about the fact that actually we have a theology that understands pain. Our um, understanding of the kingdom is wrapped up really in our understanding of the now and the not yet. And I did a talk on that maybe last term sometime last year. I don't want to get too into the detail of it. If you want to listen again to that, it's probably somewhere online. But in a nutshell, Jesus' death on the cross has given us the ultimate victory. It's over. The war on the devil is won. But there are pockets of resistance. There's still sin. There's still sickness until ultimately Jesus comes again and crushes the devil. And so until that day, there are these pockets of resistance that need to be driven out. And I believe as followers of Jesus, our job and our role is to usher in the kingdom now. We're the foot soldiers. We're God's hands and his feet on earth. But this divine tension between the now and the not yet helps us really to understand why sometimes people aren't healed. The already and sometimes, sorry, the not yet and sometimes people are. The already. Honestly, we aren't kingdom now people. And I really want to say that. I think it's so important that we understand it. We, we don't say that everybody that's prayed for is going to be healed. And if they're not, we don't then say, well, it's a lack of faith or it's a result of sin in your life. We do not and we will not believe that. We don't want to be such now people that we think we can demand it or it's our right. Um, But equally, we don't want to be such not yet people that we give up pressing in for all that God might want to do and for praying for more of the breaking in of the kingdom. And, And holding that tension 
is, is the, the place that we need to be and the place that we need to live. We see things through a kingdom lens. It's often as we look back, we see things through a wider viewfinder. That gives us perspective. But we can't relent in our pursuit of seeking to see people healed because that's what Jesus told us to do. And so we long to create an environment of healing and uh, a practice of healing. We hope that we would see and we have seen and we will see people experience physical, spiritual and emotional freedom and wholeness as they spend time in God's presence. We're healed and we're made whole as we move our attention from ourselves onto Jesus. And we place a high value on the Holy Spirit capturing our hearts and transforming them. And we never want to tire of doing what Jesus told us to do and stepping out in kingdom expectancy. So here's what I actually want to do today. I want to create a healing bridgehead among us. And, um, you know, I've, I don't think I've given a cheeky fire service illustration for a while, so here's, here's, just a, here's a quick one um, to keep you fresh. Um, let's, let's imagine, okay, we've got an office block on fire. And uh, it's a six-story office block and the fire is on the sixth, st- sixth floor okay and the lifts of course are out of action there's a there's a fire going on and it's beyond any reach with a ladder and uh, what we need to do is as quickly as possible mobilize people and equipment to the safest place to get them as close as we can to the fire we need to get to a place where we can um not be in fire conditions. We don't want any heat, any smoke. We need to be able to think and plan and respond as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So what you do is you create and you set up a bridgehead on the fourth floor. You don't do it on the fifth floor because some smoke, smoke and smeak, some smoke and heat may drop. But you go one below it to give you the maximum time and to give you the maximum impact with the resources in place that are going to give you the best chance to put the fire out before it spreads any further. Now the challenge is getting all the people and the resources there. You've got the whole contents of the fire engine outside and you've got to get them up the stairs and you've got to get the water supply to the fourth floor so that when you take it on, you've got everything that you need to do it. Now that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of energy and you're going to be fairly worn out and by the time you actually get there to do the job, you could be distracted because you haven't got the energy left to do the very thing that you're trained to do. So what do you do? You plan ahead. There's a pre-arranged equipment list for phase one that's going to allow you to have a first strike and then for phase two, which is going to allow you to sustain it. Now, what you can't really factor in is the situation's going to be dynamic. There's always going to be a curveball that you haven't thought of and need to adapt for quickly. So when me and my mate Johnny finally get there to fight the fire on the sixth floor, the two of us are on our own. And that's a pretty lonely place. You're no longer surrounded by the 50-odd people that you were five minutes before with a bit of an adrenaline rush. It can feel lonely, you can feel tired, but you're then ready to do the very thing that you set out to do. You've got to then make the decisions to respond to whatever's in front of you, relying on the back support without them actually being there, and rely on the parameters of the training that's got you in that place 
in the first place. So what's, what's my thinking with the healing bridgehead? I don't think you'll have ever heard that word before. I think I've made it up, hopefully. Um, but, you know, we need, to, we need to be people that keep our eyes on the broken, hurting world around us and realize that things like healing are signs. They point to Jesus. They're signs of the kingdom that point to the king. Let's not get so caught up with the kingdom that we forget that there's a king that leads it and rules it. Our focus is Jesus. He's the king. It's his kingdom. Now we need to get so trained and so equipped and ready and prepared to operate from the bridgehead. To live out our faith effectively in the workplace, in the college, in the university, in the family home, wherever it might be. All of our times together like this, they're they're meant to prepare us, they're meant to equip us to actually go and do it. So we have a go here, we have a go in small group, we have a go amongst ourselves to then go and do it out there. To have the resources and the equipment to stand on the sixth floor when you're on your own and when you're slightly out of your comfort zone. You know, sometimes when it's just you and your mate at work in the staff kitchen and they say, I've been struggling to walk properly for however it might be, however long it might be because of their knee, that can feel an incredibly lonely place. You lean on the resources and the prior decisions that you've made to step out in faith. You're stepping out from the healing bridgehead. It's showtime. You know, you wanna, we wanna, I wanna today get us to the bridgehead. Resourced, equipped, trained, and ready to do the stuff. To say, okay, in those environments, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. So that's hopefully where we're trying to go today. I wanna, um, Frame that around Acts chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, you can, you can read along with me. But let me read it. Acts chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 1. And it says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was carried in. Each day he was put, put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so that so that he could beg from the people going into the temple. He saw Peter and John about to enter, and he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked up at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realised he was the lame beggar they they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For is it the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this? 
this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we're all witnesses of that fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. I don't know if you've ever really thought about why we don't often long to pray for people for healing. I dare say we could all come up with quite a few reasons, but one of them I want to say is because we don't think it will work. Now, work is probably the the wrong word, but you you know what I mean. I've, I've prayed for people so many times. I've not seen people healed have you ever have you ever thought that or it was such a marginal thing who really kind of knows anyway you know they had a bit of a headache and now they're saying it's slightly better it's not like they've jumped out of a wheelchair and we just know they've been healed do you see do you see what i mean i think we're often put off for praying for people because of our previous understanding or experience i was once leading um a seminar on on healing and uh, there was loads of people praying for people to be physically healed and I'm thinking let's find out what God is doing in the room so that we can share it, acknowledge it and people be encouraged in their faith to go for it more and um, as I was trying to work that out I quickly became aware that there seemed to be a number of people that were actually getting quite a bit worse and um, Anyway, it basically ended up we needed two separate ambulances for two separate people and they were taken away and it kind of just took the momentum out of the seminar slightly as you're praying for healing. You, you kind of can't make that up, um, especially when you're trying to look for stories that are going to build faith. But, you know, that's why I think we need to come back so often to the truth. Let's just have a quick look at how Peter and John go about this. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. You know, sometimes we live life thinking that the need that we have is the need that needs meeting. This guy is begging for money. He's settled for where he's at in life. He's settled for his physical condition maybe i'm guessing he's settled for his status as a beggar all of that is about to change seeking first the kingdom of god what would that mean for you today in your life to realign your perspective and your understanding sometimes what you think you need is not the thing that you need a status change of friendship more money a promotion to buy a house whatever you might think that might be how is jesus trying to get your attention and say hey listen This is what a kingdom mindset looks like. This guy looks at Peter and John eagerly, expecting money. Peter and John don't have money, and I don't know, I'm probably reading a bit into the text, but even if they did, I don't think they're the kind of people that would have money. I think they would have given it away to the extension of the kingdom because they're the kind of people that say everything that is mine, I throw over to Jesus because that's how they see life but they give what they have what do they have they offer jesus you know last week i spoke briefly about gifting it's not about gifting 
It's about being the vehicle through which God can move. You offer your hands and he works his healing. You give your time, your money, your heart, your resources, and he multiplies them. The missionary Jim Elliot once said, he's no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Peter and John give a kingdom moment. They seek to see the reign and rule of Jesus breaking in and they say, I'll give what I have. I think another reason people often don't step into the fullness of God for them is because they don't feel ready to do that. I think it's the same, the easiest illustration I could think of is it's exactly the same with getting baptised. How many of you would have said, well, I don't, I don't feel ready. What's ready? You know, Jesus said, repent, believe, and be baptised. But, oh, but I don't, I've not got everything sorted. I've not worked through all of my baggage. I'm not yet the model Jesus follower. You know, if we wait for all of that, we'd, we'd never do it. Jesus said, repent, believe, and be baptised. He didn't say, repent, believe, and, you know, wait, wait till it's all sorted. Which just to say, if you haven't been baptised, as Matty mentioned, we're doing it in October, we'd love to baptise you. But it's the same, I think, with doing the stuff, with living a Jesus life. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you've been doing this for five years, until you've been on the healing model course, because that's the one that's going to equip you to do it. Or maybe till you've seen somebody pray for five other people and they've been healed of discernible things where you can definitely know that God is a healing God. We get to do the stuff that Jesus did and we get to do it now. We just give what we have and what we give is Jesus. And do you know the best thing I would say about this is we give him. We don't give us. Honestly, when I'm praying for people for healing, I don't feel any pressure at all because it's not mine to do. It's for him to do it. My job is just to do what he told me to do, and that's be obedient to pray for them in the first place. Whether we see an improvement in them or not, I hope they're not all like that seminar where we end up with ambulances, but I just enter into it with faith, and I enter into it with expectancy because I think faith is certainly a lightning conductor for moves of God. But I hope that in itself helps you feel better about doing it. Because all of the, oh, it may not work thinking, I think that gets shelved when we see it like that. I'm not going to argue with whether or not God does it. That's his remit. That's in his hands. Our bit is to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. If I just prayed for people when I saw people get healed, I think I'd have given up years ago. But I pray for people because that's what Jesus told me to do. Now, there is a reality... I think that the more you pray for people, the more you see people get healed. It really is quite simple. If I don't pray for people, I don't see people get healed. So I'd, I'd say to you, pray for a thousand people, then let's have the conversation about whether or not you've ever seen it. Because often I don't think we see it because we don't pray for it. How many times do people say to me they're struggling with something physically and I'm like, oh, that, that must be hard, that must be awful, I hope that clears up. You know, we need to say, hey, can I, can I pray for you? Can I pray that God would heal that? I long for this church to be a hospital, for it to be a place of healing, of freedom, of, of wholeness. This is a church that I hope, we pray, everyone is welcome.
But it's important for everybody to know you're so welcome, but come as you are, don't stay as you are. You know, the process of becoming more like Jesus is a lifelong one. We all need to spend a bit of time in the hospital at various points along the way. We need healing from the effects of the pain and the challenges of life. Sometimes I think even just acknowledging that is part of the journey towards wholeness. But I would say I'm, I'm not who I want to be. I'm not who I was created to be, but I'm on a journey of becoming that in the arms of the healer. It's important to humble ourselves before God and allow him to be the healer, to help heal and shape us as he determines. But specifically, with prayer for healing, we need to be equipped to pray, to step out, to be longing for it. So the first thing I really want to say to us this morning is give what you have. Give what you have, and that is him. It's his healing. He just sometimes lets us be part of it. You know, Jesus turned the water into wine, but it was the disciples that carried the jars that was containing the water. Jesus multiplied the few loaves and the fish, but it was the disciples that held them in their hands, gave them out, and then collected in the baskets of leftovers. We get to participate in what God is doing. He does it in us and he does it through us. You've got to just give what you have, and what we give is him. The second thing I wanted to say is seek the opportunities. Seeking first the kingdom of God means seeking the opportunities to see the reign and rule of God extended and advance and break into the world around us. You know, this week I was chatting with somebody who is... um, not in any way financially secure. Their job means that they're working a zero hours contract and there's currently very little work for them and um, less than they were potentially expecting or had been offered. And I said to them, gosh, how how are you doing with that? You know, that that must be hard because I think for all of us, money would always be a pressure point. Do, Do you know what they said? They said, it's an opportunity for faith. It's an opportunity to trust God. What an amazing kingdom mindset at a real pressure point in their lives. I don't think that's natural, a natural response. I think that's one that's cultivated through seeking first the kingdom of God and looking for opportunities to trust God. You know, with Peter and John, Peter says to this guy, he says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He doesn't say, hey, because I've got my relationship with Jesus down to a T, He doesn't say, hey, because I've got everything sorted in my life and I'm living so well and because I'm the big I am, I'm one of Jesus' main men, I'm the daddy, I'm one of his special ones that's got something that's going to happen. He doesn't say any of that. He says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, he helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk them, walking, leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with them. They're kingdom moments, moments that are a sign that point to Jesus. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realised he was their lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were astounded. They all rushed out in amazement. Of course they ran out in amazement. I hope we would do that. I hope we're not so caught up in what so often happens, in scepticism and doubt. 
where we start to explain something in earthly terms. Have you ever done that? Well, you know, this week that guy, he had, he had been to the doctors four times and the tablets were probably about to kick in. Or, do you know what? He wasn't actually a cripple anyway. He'd been having his vitamins and drinking milk and his bones were starting to, to get stronger. Have you ever fallen into that place? I'm not saying let's not rationally assess something. But what I'm saying is we can have faith to go after the challenging ones. We don't just go for the easy ones. We don't just need to pray for people who've got a headache because no one's really going to know either way with that one if it got better or not. I want to see the Lord do the miraculous. And the only way to see that is to step out and pray for it. When they realized he was the lame beggar that they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were astounded and rushed out in amazement. My confidence is not in me. My confidence is in him. So what does it mean to seek kingdom opportunities? Have you ever met somebody who just sees an opportunity and takes it? They're just opportunity people. You know, my neighbour, um, he kind of did it for the World Cup just to say he's like he's a bit into football he's a man city fan don't hold that against him whether or not you do i don't know we could divide the room on that but he loves it so every saturday you'll just hear periodic shouting from next door and you're like oh okay football's on and um, it took me a while to work out what he'd done for the world cup but basically he spun his living room round and he put the tv by the back door and he had this highly sophisticated gazebo thing that he's put outside in the back garden. And he puts his sofa in the garden with his little beer fridge. And um, he rearranged his work hours. Somehow, he's got a good boss, so that he could go on to watch every single game, even the group games, which is like, that's some going. And... Um, then when they're watching two at once, he's got like his laptop and his TV so he can stream one and watch one. I'm like, he's into this. He sees the opportunity to press into something that he loves. He's so passionate about it. But do you know when you're passionate about something, you realise that you want to seize the opportunity and you want to press in for more. Verse 12 says, when Peter saw his opportunity, he addressed the crowd. Seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking God opportunities, because demonstration leads to proclamation. When we see it demonstrated, when people see the kingdom of God as a reality, it opens their hearts to a conversation about it. Sometimes the way you live, the way you act, will lead you to opportunities to share your faith. And I just want to say, take them. Grab hold of them with both hands. In fact, look out for them. Seek opportunities. When Peter saw the opportunity, he addressed the crowd. We're not just meant to see it here. We're not just meant to see it in small group. We're meant to see it in the workplace and we're meant to see it in the supermarket or wherever we might be. We're meant to seek opportunities. When somebody says to you, do you know I've, I've got jaw pain or... I'm not sleeping well. Whatever it might be, we take the opportunity. Now, I know one of the reasons we don't. I mentioned it earlier, because we don't think it will work. Because if we did think it would work, or we'd seen it more, I think we'd do it more, because we'd have more confidence. Can I say two things about that? One is, practice more here. Sometimes we don't even do it here. But this is the place to be trained and equipped to go out and do it. The second thing I wanted to say is not on you. Don't hold that pressure. He does it. We just give what we have because it's not about us. It's about him. 
So honestly, my best prayer in my head whenever I pray for somebody for healing is normally some, something like, okay, God, this is on you. Because I just want to remind myself and free myself from owning it. The healing is his. I just have to own the obedience. Now, the funny thing is, I've found, particularly people who don't know Jesus, they're often more up for praying for people or being, sorry, being prayed for than we are because they're not that bothered whether it works or not. They don't know whether it does anyway, so actually they're quite delighted or even honoured that you'd even ask to step into something that's troubling them. So even if that person isn't healed, what they do get is to experience the love of God, to know that you believe in a God enough to pray for them in the first place and know that you're for them. They in themselves are kingdom moments, signs of the kingdom that soften people's hearts and minds to who he is. I want to say to you this week, seek a kingdom opportunity. In fact, I want to say pray for a kingdom opportunity. I pretty much guarantee you'll get one. And then when you get it, take it, because it's not on you. Jesus says so many times in the Bible, he says, don't be afraid. Be not afraid. What would you do for Jesus if fear wasn't an issue? Would you step out and do it? We, we need that kingdom radar. Oh, your, your back hurts? Can, can I pray for you? Well, how, do, how does that look when you get in that moment and that opportunity? I think we're all going to word it, thank goodness, slightly differently. There's no formula to it. What happens to me is my heart jumps into my mouth. I start sweating. I start considering ways that I might bottle it and I just have to quickly blurt something out before I do. And what I'd normally say is, tell, tell me about it. How long has that hurt you? How did that happen? That's no different, if I'm honest, to how I might spend time chatting with any of you, praying about something like that, because you just try and understand it a little bit. You try and unpick it a bit, not because we're doctors or we have a great medical understanding of their need, but because we're just trying to understand and discern the type of prayer that we might pray. We're not offering advice, we're offering the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity. We want to be people that walk around with eyes open, looking to see how the kingdom of God might break in. Where are people open? Where are they receptive? Where's the spirit of God touching? Where's the moments where we're going to see the kingdom of God, his reign and rule, breaking in? Where are the opportunities where we might create that moment and that opening? Peter saw his opportunity address the crowd proclamation, as I said, if we choose it, can often lead to demonstration. You've, you've got a God moment. Whether it works or whether it doesn't, that's not on you, that's on him. Our bit is just to speak truth into the situation. I always try and offer something slightly more in that moment if I can. If we've been praying for a leg yeah of course it's important to pray for the leg let's not get so sidetracked that we end up getting lost in that moment and neglect it but there's normally a, a sensitive way in the course of that conversation to share something wider of the love of god for that person now saying all of this if, if you're panicking and you're thinking oh my goodness me i'm actually in a church where they believe we're actually going to have to do it do we have to do this nut stuff? Can't we just, you know, be nice and offer somebody a, a cup of tea? Well, let's do that as well. 
But as I mentioned last week, the kingdom is broad. It encompasses so much. But let's also keep in mind that we want to be people that did the stuff that Jesus did. And he spent an awful lot of his time healing the sick, casting out the demons and raising the dead. Let's start with a sick because it might be a little bit easier and a bit more comfortable than seeking to raise the dead. That's next week. <laughs> but but that's, you know, that's the starting point. If we want to see social and, and society as a whole changed, if we want to see transformation, the first link in the chain is often the miraculous to show the sign to the people. It's meant to be woven through all of the facets of the kingdom of God that's going to redefine our world. In whatever sphere you currently live and work, may we be people that are equipped to live in the reality and actually to see the life that he's embedded in us, draw us into that life. It's on him. Seek the opportunities. The final thing, verse 12. Peter saw his opportunity and dressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this? Why stare at us as though we made this man walk out of our own power or godliness. You know the disciples, I love them dearly because they help me realise that I can do the stuff for the kingdom. They just seem to regularly get it wrong, regularly make mistakes and do daft things. And um, I don't think Jesus is the kind of pe- person that would roll his eyes at somebody, but their behaviour regularly warrants that kind of like, there they go again, you know. And this verse makes me laugh because... I can see them acting like a pair of five-year-olds. What are you staring at? What are you you looking at? What's your problem? Now, that isn't what's happening in this verse. It's just the way it's worded. It always makes me think it. I can hear that playground voice of, like, what, what are you staring at? But what I really love about it is... I think by this part, by, by this point, they've matured a bit in their understanding and they're starting to realise, hang on, this is about Jesus. Don't stare at us. We didn't do anything. Yeah, our hands, but it's his healing. Verse 13. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Verse 16. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. If it doesn't work, it's on him. If it does work, it's still on him. We have to realise that the glory is always for Jesus. I dare say um, this is something that's popular again now. It went out of season for a while, but these things always come back round. But I don't know if when you were that age, did you ever go and play Laser Quest? I I used to love it when I was younger. I don't think it was called that then. But anyway... Um, we, we used to go quite regularly and one of the guys um, that did it there he worked there, he was just like too good at it, you know when you meet somebody like, you're slightly too good, it's a bit annoying um, but we worked out, we found out he was ex-special forces he was like phenomenal at it he used to have somebody walk around with him to make sure he only shot the laser and not actually took you out, but he led the sessions and if he played, we never won 
Um, now I know this is wrong don't condone me, don't judge me I think I was 11, which is a long time ago um, but I used to take a little bit of blue tack and a mirror and uh, I used to strap it to the front of my pack so whenever he shot me all it did was just bounce the laser back to him and shoot him um, when I was thinking about that I was like, actually if you want to judge me, judge me because I'm pretty proud of that as an 11 year old that's a very creative genius but um don't get lost in the story. But my fact is, we've got to get good at this. We've got to get good at the deflection. You just want to be the mirror. Bounce it straight back. Don't take anything for yourself. Why stare at us as though we made this happen? As though we made this man walk by our power or our godliness? Yeah, take, take the encouragement. Let it build, let it stir, let it grow and encourage your faith. But all glory to God, don't claim what is and ours. You know, I think actually that could be applied way further than healing. If we're honest with ourselves, if we hold the mirror up to our own lives, where do we seek approval? Where do we seek affirmation that isn't ours? It's not about us. I think they're just things that become an obstacle to the kingdom extending. We've got to find ways to increase our impact, to increase, not, sorry, not our impact, to increase the impact of the kingdom. And that's by pointing it back to Jesus. Let me finish by saying this, honestly. Unless we go on this adventure, I don't think we experience it. We see the fullness of God. We see moments of the kingdom. We see glimpses of, its break, of it breaking in as we step out, as we take risks, and as we have faith to stand in the insurance of what he might do. And as we learn how to do the stuff that Jesus did. I kind of wondered if we might just finish by actually doing it. You know, I want to, just in a moment, just to prepare you, I want to ask if there's anybody here this morning that has a physical condition that you wouldn't mind sharing. Maybe you have something that you would know that you could discern if we prayed for it, if it got better or not. Now, before we do that, let me just set a couple of parameters I've learned from prior mistakes. If sharing that is going to be awkward for you, it's going to be awkward for us. That's the first one. I'm not saying don't receive prayer for it. I'm just saying hang fire, maybe do it more one-on-one. Also, I think for the sake of equipping people... This would be best if this is something physical and something that we could discern whether or not there's a change. And um, I say that because I've done this once before and I didn't quite say that particularly clearly. And, and somebody came forward and said, I've recently had a breakdown in relationship and I've got a broken heart. And um, honestly, of course we want to pray for that. Of course we do. Of course we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, of the comfort and tender touch that he brings us. It's just not ideal to have that kind of conversation in front of a load of people or the fact that we actually want to be equipped and have confidence to step out and do it ourselves. So, shall we do it? Shall we see what the Father might want to do among us? Um, I've not planned any more than that, so hopefully one of you will be brave enough to say... This is something physical that I've come here with this morning that I'd love the Lord to heal. So, does anyone want to be a guinea pig's the wrong word, isn't it? It's not pig. Come on, Tim, out you come.
Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Thank you.